0: about discipleship, um, what it means to be a Jesus person. We just sang about it, what it means to follow Christ and to be transformed and to be made new. Now, I figure that discipleship is just a, a fancy word for what we do as Jesus people from the minute we wake up in the morning until the minute we go to sleep at night and then even in our dreams, don't you think? So the, the question is, how do we get it right how do we get the hang of being disciples so i want to tell you y'all may be very much like me my first knowledge about disciples and i thought this was all there was to it was in vacation bible school at bowden first methodist church when i was a kid Um, we had to learn jesus's 12 disciples had to memorize their names and had to do little plays with them. We made puppets out of uh, popsicle sticks and construction paper. And we knew that some of them were fishermen. And so we made boats and we made nets and we made fish and we made their daddy in the boat. And, 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 and we, we talked about uh, what these disciples did and some of the stories. And how everything was going just fine for them. Uh, until one day this guy named Jesus happened to walk by. And then everything changed. The scriptures tell us that they left their boats and they followed him. For years, I thought that it was just about those 12 disciples. You know, that, that was those were the disciples. But now I know better. We are disciples also. So let's start at the beginning. I'm going to read the scripture from the book of Matthew. Different, uh, different gospels tell it differently. But this is from the fourth chapter of Matthew, and I'm going to be starting with the 12th verse. Um, no, I'm not I'm going to be starting with the 18th verse. So hear now this word of God. As Jesus walked alongside the Galilee Sea, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea because they were fishermen. Come, follow me, he said, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Right away, they left their nets and followed Jesus. Continuing on, he saw another set of brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, repairing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. He announced the good news of the kingdom and healed every disease and sickness among the people. Now, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So here's the question I want to ask. Why? Why did these four disciples, Peter and Andrew and James and John, why did they leave everything that was familiar to them? They left their occupation. They left their daddy right there in the boat who depended on them. They left everything to follow this man named Jesus that they had never even met before. And Matthew goes on to say that they did it immediately. They didn't have any wishy-washy in thinking about it. They just immediately followed Jesus. Why? And, and for that matter, why do we? Why are we here this morning, what is it about this call of Christ in our lives that causes us to leave our boats and to follow him in all the ups and the downs and the in-betweens of life? And it seems that these days in the world, things are more upside down than they've been in a long, long time. Roger Nishioka, is, uh, he, he is um, a professor at Columbia Seminary right in Decatur. And he tells this wonderful story about his daddy. And he says when he was growing up, there were certain rules in their house. You all probably have rules in your house as well. Um, and, And one of the main rules that they always followed was that when the family was eating together, they would sit at the table and have their meals, that TV was not on. There was no TV on except on Sunday night. And the reason for that was that was when... Animal Kingdom, Mutual of Omaha's Animal Kingdom came on. (laughs) For those of you who are younger, Animal Kingdom is like the precursor to Nat Geo and Animal Planet on cable today. But it was one of of the father's favorite shows, and he called it a theological experience because he said it gave him this great opportunity to teach his children about the goodness of this God who created everything and was so, so amazing in the versatility and the diversity of the world. Nicosia remembers especially one particular episode, and you all have probably seen it, if not this one, then one very much like it. It was about the elephant seals of Argentina. Do you remember, these are the seals that come every year to the same beach, and they give birth to their pups. They travel for hours and hours and hours and hours to get there, and they know exactly when to come, and and there they are on the beach. And this show was about a mother seal and the pup that she had just given birth to. It follows that one, but there are hundreds, maybe even thousands of other mother seals on the beach as well, so this mom, after the arduous trip there and after the pain birth of childbirth and the pain and the experience of childbirth. Many of you know what I'm talking about here. She's tired. <laughs> you know? and, and, and so she goes into the waters where there, there's nutrients and she can feed and replenish herself. And she does this and all the other mothers do it as well. And, and I think that probably what happens is they go in to feed and the current moves them down, like if you're floating in the ocean and the current just moves you down a little bit. So by the time she finished feeding and was ready to come back, when she came back up on the beach... She was a good ways down from where she had left her pup, probably a quarter mile, maybe even more. And the younger Nishioka says he remembers thinking, oh, man, what a shame. They're they're never going to be able to find each other with all this noise and ruckus going on on the beach. There's no way that they'll find each other. They are never going to be able to see each other again. And he thought, why would God do that? But then the camera followed this one mother, even in the midst of everything else, and it shows her moving a little bit in the direction from which she had come, and and, and she would call out, then she would stop and listen. And then she'd move a little further, and she'd call out, and she'd stop and listen. And she did this over and over and over again until finally, finally, she was able to hear the call of her little pup. And her pup was able to hear her call, and they picked up one another's scents. And sure enough, they were reunited with one another. The host explained that from the moment of birth, the sound and the scent of the pup are imprinted in the mother's memory, and the sound and the scent of the mother are imprinted in the pup's memory. The dad turned to his son, and he said, you know what? That's just the way it is with God. It's just the way it is with God. We are imprinted with the memory of God, and God is imprinted with the memory of us. And even if it takes a lifetime, we'll find each other. I love thinking about it that way. And it makes me think that perhaps the disciples had been waiting all their lives to hear the voice of this man, Jesus who came along on that sunny day on the lake shore, bringing light and bringing the kingdom of heaven to the world, so that when they heard it, all they could do was follow. They didn't have any choice. Hmm. Don't we wish it were that easy, that we could hear and follow that easily? Well, y'all, Matthew says that we can. And he wants us to get to the point in our lives that even in today's demanding, confusing, overstimulated world, we can hear the voice of God, the authentic voice of God, above everything else, above all the noise. He wants us to know that we too can follow Jesus and do it well. Now, let me give you one or two things to think about here. In order to follow Jesus, we got to be real we got to be authentic. And in order to follow Jesus, we got to be patient. Hmm. Hard things. For a whole lot of years, I was a youth pastor. And I guess that I took probably 20 youth groups on on mission trips during the years that I was doing that job. Um, I even came here several years ago. It was when Sherry Hickam was here working with the youth, and y'all did River of Life. You may remember, and I, I want to tell you how uh, impressed I was even then with how gracious and hospitable you were. The food was delicious. We got to sleep on the floor. Uh, it, was, it, was all, it was all wonderful. It really was. Thank you. I hope that you will do it again sometime. But, but today I want to tell you about Rachel. Uh, Rachel was from Richmond, Virginia. I was We were in Richmond when I was uh, working with this particular youth group. She was about 15 years old. And we had um, come down from Richmond to Hinton Rural Life Center, which is, I think, where your young adults are today. Is that right? Is it Hinton? I think I heard that. It's right in North Carolina. And, and what we were doing uh, on that particular trip was working on a single wide trailer. It was up on the top of a mountain. And I got to tell you, it was very, very old, Uh, and it was very much in need of a whole bunch of TLC. Um, And we were there to follow Jesus. We knew that. Everybody knew that's why we were there. Whatever it took, that we all knew. So one of our jobs was to put insulation under this very old, decrepit, sad, trailer It was leaky and it was cold in the wintertime, and so we're going to put insulation underneath and then we're going to put a, um, a underpinning around it a, a, a you know plastic skirt thing around the outside. So Rachel wound up on the insulation team. Oh, did I mention that Rachel was a diva? <laughs> I mean, she was a diva the way only the 90's could produce divas, if you remember, the big hair) <laughs> sequins and, and glitter and, and, and pink tennis shoes, her nails, L-O-N-G, R-E-D, and F-A-K-E. <laughs> well, for that particular job, we didn't have staple guns. I don't know if they just didn't have them in stock or why we didn't get staple guns to put up that insulation, but what we had were hammer and nails, And it was hot. It was in the summertime. And you had to get under there, and you had to lay on your back on that spidery, damp ground underneath that very old, rusty trailer sitting up there on the top of the mountain. Well, you probably get the picture. So I'm going to make a really long story short and tell you that it was not very pretty. (laughs) There was one saint of a counselor who worked with Rachel all day long. He could have done the job in probably an hour and a half himself and had it done, but he was with her all day. The first challenge was to get her under there in the first place with spiders and everything. That took a while. And then he had to teach her to respect the dangers of glass-spun insulation. That took a while also. And then there was that hammer and nail thing. That was really ugly. Uh, It was after about three hours and one or two really good, authentic cries that Rachel got her first piece of insulation stuck up there somehow with those nails. They were all bent and twisted and everything else. But she did it, and we heard this, yahoo coming out from underneath the bottom of that trailer. She'd broken three of her nails in the first hour, <laughs> and so she decided just to pull the other seven off and toss them wherever they landed. They're probably still under there right now. Her hair was um, a mess when she came out from underneath that trailer. But you know what? Somehow she was, she was different her eye makeup had melted long ago wearing those goggles with all the sweat coming underneath them. All her beauty tricks had betrayed her. But when she came up out from underneath that trailer after having accomplished the work that she went under there to do, she was this whole new kind of beautiful. <laughs> I can still see her right now. It's been years and years ago. Because Rachel had discovered that to follow Christ, to love Jesus, to love others, to be a servant, to share grace in this world, to lift up this broken world, that we must first let go of everything except exactly who we are. Because for God to use us, we have to be authentic, right? We have to be stripped down to the essentials and open and ready. Do you remember Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's us who make things complicated by trying to be what we are not. I believe this. I really believe this because y'all, we are the church and we're here because we want to follow Jesus. We want to bring light and goodness and love and grace to this world that seems to have fallen away. But too often, if y'all are like me, and you probably are, we feel as if we're really not making a whole lot of difference. We we feel sometimes that the world is pulling us down rather than our lifting it up with God's love. I'm addicted to the news. I've got to work on that. But maybe in these four weeks that I'm here, Uh, I will have that broken, but I I tend to just, I'll turn on CNN and I'll just watch and watch and watch and watch, and it does me no good, does none of us any good. So pray for me that I can do that, because I get pulled down and I forget who it is that God has created me to be. And if you ever feel that way, like I feel, I want to encourage you just to be easy on yourself. From, From this day forward, just be easy on yourself, just lighten up a little bit. Stop trying so hard. Stop trying to fix other people. Y'all, you can't do it. All we can do is fix ourselves. Stop trying to impress other people to to, 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 to be who it is that they think you should be rather than who you really are. Stop thinking that you have to know all the answers. That's way too hard, (laughs) way too hard. Just don't worry about what others think about you. Instead, just be quiet and listen. Listen with your heart. Listen with your soul. Don't listen to all the other voices around on the beach, voices telling you who you should be and what you should believe. Instead, just be yourself. Just listen for the voice of Jesus way down deep in the depths of who you are what is it they say just do you i like that just do you just smile at the world and do you because y'all that is when god can use us best and that's when your life can truly truly make a difference so they left the boat and they went with jesus And nothing, nothing was ever the same. And may it be so with us. He's calling. And we have been waiting all our lives. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, how we love you, how we thank you for the voice of Jesus in our lives, not calling us to be what we don't know how to be, not calling us to be who we are not, not calling us to be what someone else thinks we should be, but calling us to be authentically ourselves, just as we are. May we go into this week sharing the love of Christ through our very real selves. Amen and amen.